You are listening to The Riding, NFL DFS podcast with Pat James. Welcome, everybody, to The Ride in DFS and Betting podcast for the 2022 Honda Classic. Quick recap of last week. Obviously, Joaquin Neiman just put on a show, mostly on Thursday and Friday, and then coasted to the win over the last, you know, 24 holes or so. Um, I mean, you can't really do much about it when a guy was that hot. Uh, Honestly, any other week, any other year, Colin Morikawa's 17 under would probably be good enough, but he didn't get it done. However, that brings us to three outrights, three runners up in seven weeks. So, you know, I mean, last week we hit the top 20. We had we hit a couple of the top 20s, uh, Paul Casey, Nito Pereira. Somebody else was, Lanto was close, but didn't get there. Um, I did have a question in, in my mentions or my DMs, I can't remember, of why my first-round leaders are always absolute bombs. Because a, a good amount of people did have Jocko as the first-round leader. Neiman hits it for them at like 50-1 to 1 or something like that. Um, based on the way that I bet, I'm never going to have a first-round leader, or at least... I shouldn't say never, because sometimes if I like somebody like under 80 or 90 to 1, I will put them on the card. In fact, I did have Kevin Na this week as a first-round leader, but I'm not going to put a large amount of my bankroll in play. So guys at 25 to 1, 30 to 1, 40 to 1 just aren't going to ever make my first-round leader card, even if I think they have a good chance of being the first-round leader. My strategy is just to find some guys that I think rate out well, um, fit the course well, but I don't think can sustain, you know, an entire tournament of good play and may just pop in one round, pop in hopefully the first round. Uh, that's why you'll see most of my card in first round leaders, and I'm not going to bet a ton, three, four, five at most, um, are mostly going to be guys in the in the triple digits. Uh, maybe you'll see a guy in the 80 or 90s sneak onto the card. But it's just not worthwhile for me with the amount of bankroll that I'm allocating uh, in a very high variance. That's a very high variance bet, right? The first round leader. So I'm going to, you know, it's just naturally for me. And I'm not saying that the people that are betting like guys that are 20 to 1 for first round leader are doing it wrong. It's just the way I do it. I don't have a ton of money in play. So I'm just going to try to hit on those bombs that end up as first round leaders. The last thing about the genesis that I want to bring up is how hideous Adam Scott looks in the BOP, the BOP, the brown one piece. And I've talked about this for a few years now. In fact, I saw Rick Gaiman tweet about it, and then I was curious and searched it myself. And, you know, I've been on, unfortunately, sorry, for sorry, Adam, I've been on his case about the mustard sweaters for a long time. Uh, But he just, he's got to do something about that wardrobe. You know, brown on brown. Then he's got like the mustard on brown. Sometimes he'll throw in like a, sometimes he'll have like a a maroon sweater with brown pants on. I mean, the only guy that looks worse on the course 
is Patrick Cantlay, to be honest. The boss, the boss stuff is bad. If you want to look good on the course, head over to twounder.com. Sponsor of the podcast. Description of this podcast will have a link for you to get some money off. Those shirts are fire. Those hats are fire. That's how you look good on the golf course. Also, if this podcast has brought you any joy or any money, a rate and review would be great as well. On the PGA National, Bermuda, par 70, difficult course. Like you're going to see guys struggling to break par on some days, uh, fairly short, but a ton of trouble. And that's where the that's where the difficult comes in, right? Like guys will score a little bit, but then they'll find themselves in a lot of trouble. They'll be in the water. Um, that's where things can go awry if you go wayward off the tee or even on approach sometimes. Uh, some, some holes have, I believe it's 14, depending on, you know, what you consider trouble, um, 14 to 15 holes bring water in play. You know, some like you have to literally duck hook it, um, to bring water in play. But, you know, since there is a little bit of water, 30 yards left of the green or something like that, you, it's counted when you, when you see people talk about how many holes bring water into play. Okay, let's talk about the model. Um, so some of the things that are unique to this course, par three scoring pops as the most important of the three, which is very unique. Um, usually you are going to see par three be the least important. Uh, what the deal is there is the water on the par threes, right? So if you think about it, if you get wet on a par three, you have to go to the drop zone, uh, and it is difficult to save yourself from there, right? So you're hitting three from the drop zone. If you don't stick it close there, you have a long putt for bogey. Oftentimes, getting wet on a par three is like an auto double bogey, and that's why I put a little bit of par three scoring into the model. The proximity range that pops the most is 175 to 200. Also looked at 150 to 175. Those are the two most important. Obviously, approach and opportunities gained are weighted in this model. Uh, par four, four scoring a little bit as well. Did look at stroke scene off the tee and added a little bit of emphasis on driving distance and fairways gained. Uh, form is in there, course history is in there, and it is weighted from 50 rounds to 12 rounds with the more recent rounds carrying more weight. I did also get a, a mention or a DM, can't remember, uh, what I used to do last year that I actually stopped doing that apparently some people like is I would go through the top five to eight players in what I thought were important statistical categories. So not just telling you, you know, the top 20 in the model, but also saying, you know, the top 10 in par three scoring were these 10, the top 10 in course form are these 10 or eight or five or whatever. So I'll do that again. Um, we'll talk about the model a little bit more in depth before I talk about who I am playing. So let's get right to it. The model. Russell Knox comes out number one. Oh, baby. Um, oddly enough, doesn't have awesome course history here um the further you go back it gets a little bit better but recently he's missed uh 
missed like three out of four cuts. Has a 52 as well. Did a lot better um, the further you go back, though. So um, has at least shown somewhat of success on this course. Berger is two. Chris Kirk is three. Let me just tell you, this model got obscenely out of control. So I don't know. Take it for what you will. Uh, Joaquin Neiman was 18th in the model last week. So uh, add another top 20 in the model to the win column. But uh, he's fourth in the model this week. Alex Smalley is fifth. Hudson Swafford is sixth. And I mean, this is a weak field. So obviously some of these guys are going to be higher than normal when, you know, the best players in the world aren't at the tournament. I believe only five of the top 25 are in the field this week. Louis is seventh. Aaron Rye is eighth. Sung Jay is ninth. Austin Smotherman is tenth. Glover is 11, Cebez is 12, Ryan Palmer is 13th, Keith Mitchell is 14th, Brooks 15, Johnny Vegas 16, David Lipsky is 17, Mito is 18, Taylor Pendrith is 19, and Adam Svensson is 20th. So I bet two guys already. Uh, Louis, I found him at 20 to 1. I told myself it was almost like a Morikawa. If I saw two in front of Louis to start the day on Monday, I would pull the trigger. I did. A lot of people got him at 25 to 1 on like offshore books, bet 365. Didn't have access to that. 20 was the shortest, or excuse me, the longest that he opened here in the States. So got on top of that and also got Mito at 60 at Bet Rivers. They opened up uh, with. 60 at Bet Rivers, hopped right on that. Uh, I think he's down to like 50 at this point. I, I don't, you know, he just rates out really well statistically. He's going to be a community hit if he hits this week because literally every person that posts their golf picks is talking about him. So let's get a Mito week for everybody to hit. Um, those are the only two bets I have at this point, but we'll talk about uh, who I am considering I think there's a bunch of different ways you can go this week. I think you could, you know, like for me, I think Louis, Mito, and then I could just add Brooks at 22 maybe and just have three guys on the card or add a burger at 16 or whatever he's at and then just end it there. Um, that's not usually my style. I like to have five, six, seven bullets with a, a few guys down the board. And this tournament, you know, it's either really been one of the top five favorites that wins or like somebody from left field. So, I mean, I think you could bet it. And the last couple of years, there's been guys in the middle range, too, that's won it. So you could really bet whoever the heck you want, to be honest. Um, but as you guys know, full card will be out Wednesday-ish. Um, I'm not one of those people that races to tweet their card on, like, Monday morning, 10 minutes after the odds come out. I don't know, you know, nothing against those people. But, I mean, I stew over and look at stats and contemplate probably to a fault but I would never be able to have a full card posted Monday at 9 a.m. Okay let's take a little bit of a deeper dive through the the modeling and the stats as as requested we'll spend about two or three minutes doing that um, so short-term approach the guys that have been sticking the greens the best over the last uh, we'll go 24 rounds uh, Russell Knox Hudson Swafford Austin Smotherman, Grayson Sig, and Daniel Berger. The key stat range, 175 to 200. The best guys from that range over the last 24 rounds, Aaron Rye, Ricky Fowler, Russell Knox again, Mark Hubbard, Hudson Swafford again. 
the best guys and opportunities gained uh, in the most more recent term. Jason Duffner somehow comes in at one. Hudson Swafford, Louis is third, Doug Gim is fourth, and Mito is fifth. Par three scoring, where we said, you know, it's going to be pretty important. Uh, David Lipsky, Keith Mitchell, Zach Johnson, Denny McCarthy, Alex Noren are the top five in par three scoring, right? So, you know, I'm going to put a little bit of emphasis on those guys, especially in DraftKings. I want guys that are going to hit the green, right? Because if you're wayward, if you're someone that, even if you're a good scrambler, it really doesn't matter because a lot of times if you're wayward on these par threes, you're in the water and you're in the drop zone, you know, praying for a double bogey. That's how you get yourself ejected out of this tournament. Some of the guys, like Zach Johnson, who's third short-term, is also third long-term. Alex Noren, who's fifth uh, short-term, par three scoring is also first long-term. So that's something to look at. And David Lipsky, who's first short-term, is also eighth long-term. Keith Mitchell, second right now in the short-term par three scoring, 15th overall. The only guy that doesn't really match up is Denny McCarthy. He's currently fourth, but uh, over the last 50 rounds is 56th in par three scoring. But par three scoring, I think, is going to be important here. Um, so we'll even go a little bit further. Alex Smalley is sixth. Bo Hostler is seventh. Neesmith is 8th, Grayson Sig is ninth. Dylan Wu is 10th, Russell Knox is 11th. The best Bermuda putters in the field, no surprise, Denny McCarthy, Brendan Todd, Christian Zedenhut, Patrick Reed, Zach Johnson round out the top five. Best driving distance has been somewhat important here, uh, and it's probably because a lot of times the long hitters can take water out of the equation on a lot of holes because they can hit it further than the penalty area, right? If a guy can only get it to 290 or 295, you know, he might not be able to escape the water. So if he does hit it left or right, he's in it. You know, a guy like Brooks or even, you know, uh, I mean, the long hitters, Johnny Vegas, Matt Wolf, um, those guys can hit it a distance where even if they go left or right, they are flying the water no matter what. So sometimes distance is important on holes here at PGA National. Fairways. Now this is important because guys that hit fairways are not going to be guys that get into a ton of trouble off the tee. Christian who Brian Stewart, Kyle Stanley, Brendan Todd, Tyler Duncan. So I would use this as, you know, extra credit we'll say as a you know a teacher analogy here. This isn't the meat of the curriculum, but if they can hit fairways, it goes a long way in them not having uh you know a double on their card. Christian Bezedenhu, Brian Stewart, Kyle Stanley, Brendan Todd, Tyler Duncan, some other guys that you know may be uh, on your mind that are a little bit further down. Daniel Berger is eighth, uh Matthew Neesmith is eleventh. Kramer Hickok, who has played well at this tournament in the past, I believe, is seventh. Billy Horschel's up there. Sung J.M. Sung J.M. actually is up there in distance and fairways gained, which is obviously why he's so short. You know, he's been he's played well at this tournament before. Can't bet him, but I think he is a pretty solid DraftKings play. Let's talk about the guys who are in really, really good form. These guys would have gained the most strokes per round. Um over the last, basically since the season started, that would be 
Sung Jay, Brian Harmon, Keith Mitchell, Denny McCarthy, Billy Horschel, Christian Zedenhut, Russell Knox, Joaquin Neiman, Daniel Berger, David Lipsky rounds out the top 10 there. Uh, guys that have played this course well in the past or have the most strokes gained. Lee Westwood, Ricky Fowler, Luke Donald, Tommy Fleetwood, Sung J.M., Matt Jones obviously has the win here last year. Daniel Berger, Charles, uh, Brandon Hagee, and Jason Duffner round out the top 10 there. All right, let's talk about my favorite plays from each salary tier on DraftKings. Okay, so first off, we have that top tier 10K plus. There's only five golfers there. I don't I don't know what to make of Sung Jay. I I know he's not going to be bet on the outright market because of how short his odds are. So I think what's going to happen there is a lot of guys are going to use him on DraftKings just to have a piece of him. I do think, I mean, he has the the form, the course fit. He's going to hit fairways and he can get the ball out there, right? So he's got like the total driving down pretty solid. Um, it's going to be tough. I think I'll wait to see at the end what the projections on him are in terms of ownership. This is a week where, you know, things just go awry. And probably going with the lesser rostered of, you know, your favorite options is probably your best bet. I'm not saying you have to have like six guys under 10%. But, you know, if you're between M and Brooks and you think Brooks is going to be like 7% and M is going to be like 18%, I would just go Brooks. He's a stud. He's one of the best players in the world for a reason. Just go Brooks. I also like Louie. I think he's going to be popular as well. Louie's going to hit fairways. He's unbelievable on approach from that 175 to 200-yard distance where a lot of the shots are going to come from. Uh, long term, you know, long term, that's his, that's like his sweet spot, to be honest. So I do like Louie as well. So those are probably the three guys that I'll be looking at in that range. Um, I don't think I could go back to Neiman after a W and Berger still worries me with the back. Uh, I just don't want, when he gets a full solid finish in, then I'll start going back to Berger. I just can't put hard-earned money behind him when I think, you know, it's very possible that he just WDs at any given moment, especially at a tournament like this, where, you know, the back tweaks a little bit, and all of a sudden he's five over after one round. He could just be like, see you later, Palm Beach Gardens. So, Brooks, Louie, and M at the top. The 9K range I'm going to be very, very slim on as well. I love Keith Mitchell. I think everybody's going to love him. He's a guy that I don't mind if he's like 15, 18% owned. I'll still have a little bit of Keith Mitchell. He's in. He's tops in par 3 scoring, tops in the par 4 scoring. Uh, his off the tee game is strong. He hits the ball a ton. Uh, by a ton, I mean he hits the ball far. So the driving distance angle is there. He's tops in approach. And his form is really good. Like, he's been playing really well. He's played here decently before. Obviously, has the win a couple years ago. So, Killa Keith is is definitely going to be popular. But I think he it's warranted. Maybe the fact that he's, like, 9K scares some people away. Um, he also is going to be considered as an outright. I want to find 
I want to wait, I should say, and try to find something a little bit longer. Um, we'll see what happens with Keith Mitchell. Then I think we get in the 9K range, I think you you go with a pivot of either Matt Wolf, Alex Noren, or Shane Lauer. I think all three of those guys have a chance to play well here, and all three of them are going to be, uh, you know, very low rostered. Um, Alex Noren really popped out to me because he's exceptional on par threes. For whatever reason, he just scores on par threes. Um, he's accurate on par threes. His proximity on par threes, he hits the green uh, from all all distances pretty much. So I like him to not give strokes away on par threes. He would be my pick of those three, and I think he'll be pretty uh, overlooked, to be honest. In the 8K range, so I already have a bet on Mito. You guys know that Mito and Louis are my two outrights as of right now. Like Mito pops in the 175 to 200 range, opportunities gained. Um, I think he is, the only thing that Mito is a worry is his fairways gained, right? He's not super accurate off the tee. But here's my stance on Mito. Like I have an outright on him if he wins the whole thing. I won't be sad if I don't have him in DraftKings. He's a guy that I I think you don't want to put all your eggs into one basket this week. And there's this happens to me a lot, right? Like, uh, if a guy I think is going to be massively owned on DraftKings and I have an outright on him, I'll kind of hedge my bets there in terms of, you know, if he, well, if he absolutely tanks, misses the cut, then at least I have the leg up on like 30% of the field in DraftKings. So... Mito, outright, probably underweight, maybe even full fade on DraftKings. And, you know, honestly, if I didn't find Mito at 60, I don't know if I'd even bet him. But, like I said, 175, 200, opportunities gained. Um, you know, he, he rates out fairly well. But that the fairway percentage, I think, like, he can go wayward off the tee and get into some some penalty trouble in this tournament and eject that I think there's a solid possibility. Now there's a possibility that anybody in this field does that, but the fact that Mito is not very accurate with the driver does scare me a little bit. Johnny Vegas, he is a really good par three scorer and he gains a ton of strokes off the tee. He's the kind of guy that can hit the ball past the water hazards uh, on some holes. So I think he is in play, especially for a first round leader. Vegas is always a solid first round leader. I mean, Russell Knox, he comes first in the model, approach, par threes, uh, pretty much everything, fairways gained, everything points to Russell Knox. He's going to be popular. Um, and his his outright number is like 60 right now. I haven't bet it. If I find something like 70, 80, which I don't think I will, I might bet it. I think it's going to be tough to bet Russell Knox. And like I mentioned, his his course form is a little out of whack. Did really well previously. Um, you know, if you go beyond five years, but he's missed a lot of cuts here at the Honda the last few years. So don't really love Russell Knox, uh, in terms of an outright, but I think I could get him, um, in my DraftKings lineups, right? So this AK range is going to be popular. Mito, Knox, and then this next guy, Christian Bezedenhoop. Um, actually Christian Bezedenhoop failed me for the first time last week, did not come top South African. As you guys know, We've been betting him pretty much every week as top South African. I don't know what they were thinking. 
Um, you know, his odds were unbelievable, and he was only having to beat out guys like Vanderwalt and Dylan Fratelli some weeks, and he was like plus 300, which is insane. Um, so, but Fratelli, I think, clipped him this week. I know it was actually Eric Van Royen clipped him this week. Uh, so lost on CBiz. So I'll be, I'll probably be off that train for a while. It's won us enough money. As far as DraftKings goes, I think uh, he's someone that can keep it in play, right? His fairways gained. He is top notch. Over the last 24 rounds, he's second in approach. And he's also been a really good Bermuda putter. Um, so I think Bezedenhut, Knox, Vegas are my 8K plays. I think I'm going to leave Mito for just the outright. 7K is where all the dogs are again this week. And they're actually guys that I don't know are going to be supremely popular, which I'm I'm glad about. So we have my favorite guy from this range is actually Lucas Glover. He rates out extremely well. I think he's 11th or 12th in the model. Um, and I mean, it's warranted. He He's tops in approach, 175 to 200. He's there. His course history is good. He's in fairly good form. His opportunities gained is there. His outright number is really nice right now. I think it's 75 or 80. Probably going to jump on that. And I'm not sure that that he is going to be a a popular pick. I think he's going to be a little bit overlooked. A guy that is going to be a popular pick, but I don't care. Chris Kirk. His off the tee is solid. His 175 to 200 is solid. Opportunities gained. He's a great par 3 scorer. He's in solid form. I like Chris Kirk in the 7K range. Smalley. See, like, so these guys are these guys popped in the model. And when I come down, when I get to this point in the the salary tier, the 7 and 6K range, I kind of let the model dictate where I'm going with it. You know, at the top, you know, Brooks first, Sung JM, I'm not gonna say Sung JM was first in the model, or Sung JM was eighth in the model, and Brooks was 14th. I'm going with Sung JM. When we get to a guy like Smalley, and he he comes fifth or fourth in the model, whatever he came, and his opportunities gain pops, his fairways hit and driving distance pops, his par three scoring pops, his off the tee pops, all these things that I'm looking at, I'm just going to say, you know what, maybe the stats bear it out this week, I'll go with Smalley. Same thing with Hudson Swafford, he was fifth or sixth in the model, he's second in approach, Third and 175 to 200. He's going to hit fairways. He's going to hit the ball a long way. And he's in good form. He actually just won a month ago at the AMX. Coincidentally, the only tournament that we didn't have a winner or runner-up at the finish. Uh, I'm going to go with Swafford. And I think these guys are all good, like top 20 and first-round leader bets. Smalley, Swafford, Kirk. Uh, Svensson, the old Canadian, pops in the model. He was 20th. he is fifth in approach. He's good from the proximities. His opportunities gained is there. He's a good par three scorer. So I think Svensson is a good DraftKings play, first round leader, top 20 bet, top 40 bet, even if, if the number's right. Aaron Rye, though, I think has a real shot this week. And he's already played well. You know, he's already in the final group this, this year. Um, got his feet wet a little bit. He's really good from that 175 to 200 range. Opportunities gained, approach, fairways and driving distance. And form. He just fits this course really well. Uh, I think the fact that he's accurate off the tee can keep him from blowing up, getting one of those big numbers. The fact that he is a decent par 3 scorer I think helps as well. That's when those guys are going to take a double and kind of knock themselves out of the tournament. If he could stay 
dry off the par threes, I think he has a real shot to be, you know, to have a one big round. So I like him for that first round leader, but I also think that he could, you know, backdoor a top 20 or something like that as well. Grayson Sig, approach, par three scoring, opportunities gain. He's the last guy that I'll contemplate in that 7K range. And then in the 6K range, I only have two guys. David Lipsky, he was 19th in the model. He's a kid. He's been he's been unbelievable on approach. Opportunities gained the 175 to 200. I mean, there's a pattern here. I'm I'm I took an angle, and I am planting my flag in the guys that you know have been sticking their approaches recently, have been good from that exact range, and that either hit the ball far, hit the ball straight, or hit the ball far and straight. Basically, that's who who we're going with this week. That is David. Lipsky, and then lastly, my man, Austin Smotherman. He's a great par three scorer. He popped an approach, fairways hit, and 175 to 200. So I like Austin Smotherman as well. Full card will be up on Twitter on Wednesday. Uh, the guys that I'm considering right now for an outright have one on Louie, have one on Mito. Glover, Palmer, Mitchell, Chris Kirk, uh, maybe Hudson Swafford, or I just say screw it and I go Brooks, and I don't bet anybody but Louis Brooks and Mito. Um, I really want to. I really think Keith Mitchell can win this tournament again. I would love a fifty to one uh, on him as well. Top twenties, top forties, first round leaders, all are going to come from that. DraftKings 7K and 6K range, um, but the full card will be up on Twitter on Wednesday. Good luck in all of your DFS and betting contests. See you.